0: guys, good morning ladies, welcome to Men's Roundtable, so glad you're here. This is a special day, once a year we have ladies invitation and ladies will join us and uh, Phil and Carla are with us this morning from their home in Fairhope and they have some others gathered there at the house. Uh, Phil's not teaching with Carla to an empty room, he likes to have somebody close by so uh, they're joining us from Fairhope this morning. Uh, you know, we always seem to throw something different at Jeff every day. Uh, we have one microphone, uh, so please just allow us a little bit of great liberty this morning as uh, Phil and Carla work through their teaching and Phil has got the headset on now. He can hear what we're doing say. Uh, but uh, just allow us some great us work through this this morning. Guys, uh, if you have not already found uh, men'stable.com, that's where you need to go to log on to these meetings. And also, that's where the notes are this morning. Just above the link for uh, Google Meet or for your uh, desktop to join in the meeting is a link to Carla's notes. I uh, go there and log on to Carla's notes, and uh, you can print that out. Uh, please go ahead and do that right now. I'm talking before they start teaching. Guys, Phil uh, and Carla continue uh, their ministry through Deer Camp, through. Uh, retreat weekend which they just had uh, a week and a half ago I believe it was Uh, and deer camp is coming up if you're able to help out uh, Jorge any this weekend Saturday morning we will be in Ebenezer uh, trying to clean up get ready for the first fall deer camp Uh, no uh, opening weekend of hunting season begins Saturday but for those of you that uh, like to get in the woods uh, and hunting for something other than uh, birds uh, please take uh, the time to maybe contact Jorge and let him know that uh, you're available to meet at Ebenezer from eight to two. Come as you can, uh, looking for guys that have chainsaws, weed eaters, general cleanup, and maintenance on the cabins before uh, we welcome the first group of uh, campers to deer camp in uh, a week and a half. Guys, we uh, continue in the wilderness, but uh, this special day with ladies, uh, we're going to have a different perspective, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. <clears throat> yeah, I thought weeks we would be out of ceasefire, and now as I'm looking back, it's gone beyond weeks. It's now into months, and uh, the pandemic continues, and we continue our physical distancing. <clears throat> These are trying times. Um, I'm not sure what Phil has in store after the wilderness, but I'm ready for something different, guys. I enjoyed <laughs> a week uh, last week. Uh, on the beach and i was often reminded walking with my two-year-old grandson or our two-year-old grandson along the beach um watching that the the waves come across as they wash the footprints away and just the dependency that we have was reminded the dependency we have on jesus christ our savior and it was interesting while he was holding tight to my finger i had a hold of his hand in case a wave were to knock him down or Make him cause stumble or fall, and I was just reminded of that picture of Jesus, and how we are—if we open our heart to Him, turn our lives over to Him—how He walks with us. We don't always know He's there, but He is always there. With that, let me open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the opportunity, remotely, but yet together. We thank you for the technology. We thank you for. We thank you for Carla. Thank you for Bill. Morning. Bless the wife, girlfriends that are with us this morning. Bless those that will join later in the recorded message. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Thank you, Joe. We are glad to be with you and glad you've tuned in. Um, And I'm excited. To have my wife actually up at this hour.
2: Oh, give me a hard time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, One of the funniest things I've ever heard my wife say is um, uh, a few times that when uh, she would be driving to Jackson with me and I would leave a little after five and we'd be going through Mobile uh, on the causeway and it's over by the uh, shipyards and lots of guys coming into work at 530 and. She she looks at me and she says, "Where is everybody going? What is everybody doing at this hour?" And I said, Sweetheart, "This is how the world works. People get up and go to work." So it is is a delight uh, to have my wife with me. And uh, thank you, ladies, for all the ladies who are um, uh, all the ladies who are tuned in. Uh, But um, we want to uh, offer you a song this morning uh, in uh, hopes that this will awaken uh, your heart uh, to what the Lord has for us. And uh, Lauren Daigle has an incredible song um, entitled, You Say. And we all have voices in our head. I I learned in my counseling program in uh, psychopathology that everybody has voices. And that was one of the most encouraging things that I heard in graduate school. Oh, you too, because I know Me Too uh, had voices. And um, what voices do we listen to? Let me just read to you um, the uh, a, a few lines of Lauren Daigle's song. I keep fighting voices in my mind that I say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up, Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again, just who I am, because I need to know. You say I'm loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I think I'm weak. And you say I'm held when I'm falling short. And when I don't belong, oh, you say I am yours. And I believe, oh, I believe. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity. May you hear the voice of God. May it awaken all of our hearts to what God has for us this morning. I'm you and Jeff. Um we will continue
2: be on the alert
1: stand firm in your faith act like men and ladies we're glad you're here be strong first Corinthians 13 6 so um, we've been uh, doing this series um, since January into the wilderness um, And the last several weeks, uh, we've been in Deuteronomy, and we've been listening to Moses. And what Moses would basically say in a a one-word summary um, in his sermon of Deuteronomy is obey, obedience, 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 obedience. Um, the way I would translate that, and we often talk about, is grow, grow, grow. And this morning, uh, what Carl and I want to offer you is a paradigm to understand growth. So uh, our session is Growing Up, uh, Becoming Whole, and Holy. And uh, for years, the, those of you that have followed our ministry and been involved with us, uh, the watchword of our ministry has been Colossians 1, 28 and 29. Let me just read that. The mystery in a nutshell is just this. Christ is in you, so therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. We preach Christ, warning people not to add to the message. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense, so that we can bring each person to maturity or wholeness or completeness. The word there is telos. To be mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. That's what I'm working so hard at, day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me, gives us. And so this morning, As we begin, um, and as we always do, I want to ask you three questions. So pick up your pen, engage with me. Let's do a little journaling right at the beginning. So the first question, how are you presently engaged in an intentional and deliberate approach to recover your true self? Now, I ask that question a little bit differently than even the subject matter that we're looking at growing up. I could ask, how are you growing? But I framed the question uh, in the way that I uh, did because I want you to understand that growing recovery is about just simply becoming that person that God created and that is your true self. Uh, It's not so much trying to get rid of the bad, although that's part of it in a very real sense, but what it's about is just discovering who you are. And even in Lauren Daigle's song, who do you say that I am? And it's listening to the voice of God that determines who we are. So intentionally and deliberately. Uh, engaging and becoming my true self. Now, I used to think that growing in the Christian life was so much about learning about Jesus and doing good things. And it is certainly uh, both of those things are good things. But I no longer believe that. Uh, I believe that, uh, though that is true, that so much of Christian growth is becoming aware of how I'm broken in saying no to that voice, in beginning to hear the voice of my true self, that which God has made me. So how are you engaged in hearing your true self? Second question, how have you experienced growth during the last six months, during the pandemic? Are you a better person today than you were in March? It would be a shame not to be. But it's, man, if you just allow the culture in the world to uh, drag you along, you won't be a better person. You'll be so neurotic that you will need medication. And certainly, Carl and I have seen a rise in anxiety and stress uh, because of the pandemic, for sure. So, we want to be a better person. It inquires growth or requires growth. And then finally, who do you know that is in need of growth? How are you in need? And, again, we all are. So me, me. Um, So before I um, uh, let Carla have the mic reluctantly, because you're going to hear some good teaching this morning um, when she speaks. So we finally got a good teacher from men's Roundtable. But, but in all seriousness, I want to play a video clip uh, for you that um, illustrates uh, what we're talking about in terms of growth. Um, but also, uh, I have to say that this clip is so much about uh, my life. Um, and it, it's a clip out of uh, A Beautiful Mind based on a true story of John Nash. And Alicia is his wife. And this clip is about a minute and a half. It's a short clip. And when you're seeing the story of John Nash, he's in the middle of just his schizophrenia, broken. He's seeing all the crazy characters, the voices in his mind, and they're showing up in only the way that Hollywood can have them show up. He's met with his doctor. The doctor doesn't quite know what to do. And Alicia is very, very aware of just how broken John is. And in a way that my wife has changed my life, Alicia changes John Nash's life. I want you to watch this clip and see. What is a critical necessary part of growing up and change? Watch this. Am I muted, Jeff? Okay.
3: This. this, this, this is real. need to believe that something extraordinary is possible.
1: So in that clip what you see is that John is in his worst broken state and Alicia his wife comes to him and she starts to communicate to him what is real and she takes his hand and puts it on her heart and says this is real and then and then she takes his hand and he puts it on uh, his heart she puts her hand on her his heart and said and this is real. <laughs> My wife of 38 years has done that to me. She's helped me to understand uh, what is real, and there's no way, there's no way, that I would be the man uh, that I am today without her love, and her patience, and her grace with me. I love sitting next to her, and I'm um, excited to offer her uh, gifts to you this
0: morning. Thank you,
2: sweetheart. That means a lot. Well. He has helped me be real, too. And I think it's really um, a powerful picture that in order to be whole, we, we know, as you said uh, earlier, that's that command in Colossians 1, and we're to grow up. And the question is how to. What are the how-tos? And I think, honestly, with the season of uh, life right now, We need growth and a track for that more than ever. We've been so disrupted by uh, not only what's going on in our life, structures have changed. When you don't leave your house, when you can't be with your friends, that's disruptive. And it's easy to totally get off-kelter. And so more than ever, we sort of need a model for growth. And Luke 2.52 is our other watchword. Colossians uh, 1 tells us what we're to be aiming at. And then Luke 2.52 is the how-to. How do I do it? And Jesus is our example in this passage. And it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with men and God. And so it's interesting in that verse as it's written in the Greek language that it is sort of a progressive part that he was in the process of growing both spiritually, physically, emotionally, and socially. So Jesus had a way of growing. And it's real interesting in that verse because it's not that, He grew in one area, then he'd stop and grow in the other area. The picture of that verse is that he was sort of growing in all areas, and it was in a process over time. So I think that's a great model for us. I need to be growing in my physical world, my social world, my spiritual world, and my emotional world. And I need i almost imagine it like, You remember in the circus, they put the plates up on the stick and they've got to keep them all up until they run back and forth and keep them sort of growing. And in a certain sense, I think that's a picture of how we want to be aware that growth has to take place in all areas. And just being aware of it a lot of time is half the battle. And uh, so as you do that, you start to move through your process of what God is doing in your life. I I think also, uh, let's break down those circles just a little bit and think why and how to do those things. Uh, I think of the physical circle. Honestly, I think the physical circle is the most influential circle. And the reason I say that is it can change your life on a dime. Uh, If you walk out of your house and you fall down your steps and you have a compound fracture, all of a sudden everything you were going to do that day changes. So it can quickly influence and uh, throw you in a crazy circle. We know even right now that people in the pandemic who have multiple kind of health issues, are more at risk for the COVID-19 virus. And right there, that shows the uh, level of influence that your body has. So when I think of your physical circle, we've got to just, you know, we all laugh about giving in shape and doing all the things we need to do. But in all honesty, that is part of our responsibility as a believer. This is my little area of stewardship of the piece of beautiful flesh that God has given me to uh, care for and tend to. So here's that circle you want to really ask yourself, huh, how am I doing? Uh, (coughs) Do I need uh, more exercise? Do I simply need to get off coca Colas and drink some water? (coughs) Sort of basic changes. And it doesn't have to be this You know, overwhelming. I'm I'm going to straighten myself out. But even if I'm intentional and recognize, wait, it's my job before God to grow, and this is one area I need to be responsible in, and take a step and make that step. Um, so that would be the physical circle. I jump, yeah. Can I just jump in
1: there? Oh,
2: of course you can, because you will anyway.
1: Now, the um uh, you know i um i i love these four um paradigms in order to uh evaluate my own growth and obviously um wwjd applies here you know what would jesus do what did jesus do in growing and when he grew when he grew in body as uh, uh, as as carla is saying that's the physical area and you know just to personally um mention three of these, if you have your handout on the physical circle, it gives you a whole menu of ways to evaluate yourself. Um, I would just highlight three of those in my own life. First of all is the exercise that Carla's mentioning. Uh, you know, I'm not a, uh, you know, a marathon runner or anything like that, but, but I do uh, exercise uh, regularly, and um, part of my motivation in my exercise is that I want to be my best self, take care of myself, so that when I'm 92, as my dad is, um, that I can still be doing uh, what I love doing. So I have a long-range goal. Um, I don't want to be limited by my physical body being broken down. And so every time that I exercise and I do my 24 uh, burpees every morning or – You know, I I walk uh, three miles, five miles, whatever it is. I actually have a long-range goal. I I literally am thinking about where I want to be when I'm 92 and I'm Papaw's age. Um, So I want to take care uh, of my temple. The other thing um, is uh, my diet. And uh, I am a 300-pound man trapped in a 200-pound body. Uh, there's no doubt that God has blessed me with a reasonably good metabolism because the way I eat, I would weigh 300 pounds uh, otherwise.
2: Or more. Or more.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a foodie. Uh, but I'm a gourmand, not a gourmet. You know what a gourmand is? I just want to be full. I, I don't have to have it gourmet. I just want to be full. So I have to watch, and, and uh, you know, in, in uh, uh, transparency and disclosure, I just got a bad um, uh, blood pressure report this week, 195 over 72. Now, that's hypertension right there. Uh, uh, um, and uh, I'm, I'm concerned about that, and I need to pull back because for years, I've prided myself in low uh, blood pressure. But I got a bad report. I need I need to get on the stick physically um and then this uh sleep deal so many uh uh uh, people have difficulty sleeping and god has blessed me when i close my eyes as all the guys at deer camp know we laugh when i I'm, i'm up until i'm up and when i close my eyes i'm gone and uh uh god has blessed me with the ability to get a good night's rest and that's critical to our health and even, you know, the anxiety and depression and all that, a lot of times is caused by sleep deprivation. So
2: I'm trying. (laughs) Well, um, it is a challenge. Uh, And where I, if I could just tell you to focus on two things, because Phil gave great examples. Uh, Besides getting rid of the Coke and adding water, Let me just say, which no one wants to hear this, and I understand, but you've got to cut sugar. Sugar is inflammatory. Sugar is addictive. Sugar actually reduces every important function in your brain, and when sugar is inflaming your body, you will get uh, very uh, interesting poor gut health. And poor gut health is critical for several reasons, Uh, one of which is that serotonin, 85% of your serotonin is uh, created in your gut, which is your happy, your happy hormone. So what happens if you are uh, inflamed in your gut, your serotonin production goes down. Guess what? You're going to be depressed. Why are 60% of Americans depressed? Oh, poor gut health. So that's my big soapbox. And it's a challenge. I don't act like it's easy, but that's where I'd start. So moving on to the circles, let's take a look at the social circle. And the social circle to me is the most demanding. This is what we do all day long. This is work. This is uh, responsibilities. This is all the, uh, everything from having a dog, uh, that's in your social circle. You have all your demands, church, activities, and we know that when our feet hit the floor in the morning, we're sort of going, oh my goodness, look at my list, I've got to go attack this, and we get to the end of the day and we fall in uh, our chair, and all we can think about is how many more demands we've got the next day. So the catch that most people uh, end up short-circuiting their lives is they over-focus in circles and under-focus in the other circles. And I would say most of us are tempted to over-focus in the social circle uh, because it's demanding. And if you don't sort of get ahead of the horses and direct where it's going, it's going to direct you. And you're going to say, well, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to have my quiet time. I don't have time because you don't understand what's on my list today to get done. So we've got to be sort of hyper-boundaried in this social circle. That that is almost I think where I would put is our number one watchword is boundaries because if I don't set them in this circle I will end up at 92 having no quality of life anywhere else because I couldn't boundary all the demands on my life so I hope that is a um, significant one that you need to realize I get to say no to things. I can do this because nobody else is going to take responsibility for my life, my quality of heart, soul, emotion, except for me. So I've got a boundary yet.
1: Yeah, no, that's excellent. You know, this uh, social area, I I feel uh, like in many ways over the last three, four weeks that I've been feasting in a buffet, of social interaction uh, because we've had our uh, men's adventure trip in Arkansas and Carl and I came uh, back. We did our couples workshop weekend before last, and then this past weekend we had our uh, men's coaching weekend, aka fish camp, uh, here in um, Fairhope. And the uh, this idea of socially uh, growing is what we talk about in our men's community of living in community, uh, having support. Um, knowing how to interact and be loved, especially in our broken areas. Um, You know, again, how do you grow up uh, um, socially? And what you've got to have to grow up socially is a relational environment, a community that you feel safe enough to offer your broken parts, not your good parts. I mean, Anybody can live when you're accepted in your good parts. But life really works, or uh, uh, better yet, growth really occurs when you fail. When you're broken and you find love relationally. And one of the beautiful things that I love about our uh, deer camps and our fish camp. Is men share openly and vulnerably the things that they've never shared with anybody that they're ashamed of and they're beaten, been eating up, been eaten up by the emotional result of sin, and that is shame. That's what the emotional result of, shame, of sin is, is shame. And the only remedy for shame. And I mean, I'm I'm not exaggerating. The only remedy, not Bible reading, not prayer, any of those, all those things are very important. But shame can only be healed in the context of a grace-filled relationship. That that which I'm ashamed of, I get to experience acceptance. And that's what the church does. That's what God's community does. What is broken in relationship can only be healed in relationship. And so, again, it gives us hope for the future of moving on when I know that I don't have to hide, but I can be accepted even in my broken parts.
2: Well, that's a great launching point to go to the emotional circle. And the emotional circle, if I was going to label it, Honestly, I would say it's the most painful circle. It's uh, emotional pain is far greater than physical pain. And shame would be one of those emotions that can be absolutely debilitating. And so how do we keep our emotional circle growing? And there's so many uh, important things that we need to acknowledge too many of us grew up in the generation where you stuff your feelings. Uh, you keep moving. And, and people think it's somehow uh, uh, too self-focused to actually be giving credit to what my emotions are telling me. Uh, people don't know how to grieve well. It's so important to grieve. And uh, if we don't have an environment that invites emotional health in a sense of saying it's normal, it's important, I need to know what I feel, I need to know how to grieve, how to get in touch with healthy anger, uh, how to forgive, all these things. I, uh, we have, I guess I've been doing it almost five years, a workshop called Hardwired to Heal. Because what I have found is that when we've had hard things in our life, you know, we've grown up with deep hurts and um, uh, sort of on starvation in different areas of our lives, we get stuck. We get emotionally stuck. And if we don't get unstuck, we cannot live our best lives. And so when I started this workshop, it was the intent of helping people resolve this emotional circle so that they could live their best life Uh, because that's how God designed us. He wants us to live our best life. So the part that uh, we need to sort of recognize and give honor to is that this emotional life is important. And too often I find that Christians uh, really get misled here because they think well, if I walk with Jesus, that deals with my emotions. And I love that I walk with Jesus, but and I have people in my office every week that are walking with Jesus and that does not mean their emotional world is healthy or growing. So, it's it's a misnomer to think just because I'm a Christian, I don't have emotional issues. So, I would uh, also say that what happens if we neglect this emotional circle, which sadly, the body of Christ neglects it the most. Because again, they think their spiritual circle is going to carry it. But just imagine if you have a four-legged table and you take one of the legs off, it's going to rock. It's not going to be stable. And uh, a term that I have used is that the body of Christ has sort of fallen in the ditch, because they don't know how to tend to the emotional circle. If we're going to get the body of Christ out of the ditch, we've got to teach a healthy way Mm. of taking personal responsibility for my emotional world. And there's lots of ways to do that. Um, and you know, of course you can see therapists, you can get in a Bible study that's committed to emotional involvement and in honesty You can get a mentor, but the main thing is I've got to value it. And so if you haven't been attending to that circle simply because you just thought it'd take care of itself, let me say it doesn't work that way. Please attend it.
1: Yeah. Oftentimes, especially with men, we discount it at best and completely devalue it uh, at worst. Uh, it's just a inconvenience. But if you really want to grow, begin to ask yourself, what am I afraid of? How is fear hunting me, haunting me, um, destroying my life? And in that regard, even on your list there, uh, on your handout, um, as Carla mentioned, forgiveness. There is no growth, a true growth paradigm without forgiveness, I mean, we all get hurt, and we all hurt. Uh, We hurt others, and we're hurt by others. Forgiveness is an emotional part of our lives. And uh, I don't think it's possible to forgive ourselves. I, I don't see that in Scripture. But I do believe that we can receive forgiveness. What Scripture says is we are to forgive as we have been forgiven, And any time that we think something has been done to us that we would never do, we have a poor superficial view of our own heart. I'm fully capable of anything. And anything that has been done to me, I could do 10 times and have done 10 times worse to another person. And that's the way I'm to view forgiveness. And and the other piece in In this um, is gratitude. Gratitude is the antidote for anxiety. And man, during this pandemic, anxiety has been going up rapidly. Um, And um, I I saw the other day, in in fact, somebody showed me an article in the Wall Street Journal that divorce and separation is astronomically up during this pandemic. I mean, people can't get along. Can't we just get along? Evidently not. And so it's like being grateful, being grateful for what we do have. Grateful, grateful, grateful is the antidote um, that we uh, need. And, um, and then finally, just having goals, um, clearly written goals to stay on track. Uh, I, I would call that journaling uh, in a form. Where do you want to be a year from now? What do you want to be feeling even today, later today?
2: Well, I love that. And actually on our website, hardinlife.com, we have a free download of hopeful self-journaling. And I'm telling you, it's uh, wonderfully designed and seven steps and follow the guide as it is because it actually helps to redirect our hijacked brain from anxiety and uh being overwhelmed with fear and it gets us back in our skin emotionally and uh, it is a tool that we believe can truly help you stay centered in your own self in a positive way and uh one of the actual points the seven points is gratitude so immediately uh, it shows us how we can redirect where our heart and mind. And I think scripture validates that in so many beautiful ways about as a man think, so is he. And there are so many ways that we can actually be proactive on taking our emotions where we want them to go instead of being like they're a loose runaway train and they're taking us where they want to go. And helpful self journaling will help you get back in your skin. But I now want to just say the last and uh, final circle is the spiritual circle. And if I was calling it, uh, labeling it, I would say it's the most important circle. And the reason it's the most important circle is because it transcends the here and now. Are all these? physical, social, and emotional, those will change. But this uh, an end in the sense of the way we know it here on earth. But the circle that will not end, that continues, is the spiritual circle. And that's the reason it's the most important to invest our time in, in regards to our hope, in regards to prior priorities, and realizing that what uh, I focus on, I always want to be looking at the destination beyond this world. And I think also when I'm looking beyond, I know there's a bigger other. And, you know, any health self-help program, uh, AA being a fabulous one, points an individual that you've got to know there's someone bigger than you who sees you, that values you, that has a plan for your life. When we're sitting locked in our house (laughs) and we can't do anything, man, I really need to know that. I need to know that God sees me. And just because this world has fallen off doesn't mean God has fallen off. And his ability to um, uh, give me a sense of purpose, Even in this pandemic, I don't have to lose that, even though the sufferings that people are in, that we personally can be in, the losses, the unknowns, God sees you and he's got you. Mm. And that's where I've got to anchor my hope.
1: Our faith is not about morality, being good or even doing good. It, it, it's really intended to be an intimate, organic relationship with the living God. Amen. Um, that it's it's about purpose and meaning and hearing his voice and listening and interacting and walking with Jesus. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, very clear. I have a future and a plan for you. And... When you seek me and you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. There's no way that Carla and I could enjoy mm-hmm. the marriage that we have, the life we, uh, that we have, without the intimate, organic connection that we have to the living God. And mm-hmm. that's how Jesus modeled life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope these uh, four pieces have been uh, helpful. Last thought,
2: sweetheart? Yeah, last thought is this. We need to commit to this model of growth because it not only is going to benefit our quality of life, but it's going to honor God because that is the model he set us for. This is a perfect time in this season as a family to sit down and talk about their goals and help one another establish those kind of desires and Put them down on paper because you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Do it as a family and watch what happens.
1: Thank you, sweetheart. She's pretty good, you know. um, We could work this out to where she could join us every week.
2: Uh I don't think. But getting her up
1: would would be a challenge.
2: Um,
1: Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope this has been helpful. Let me close in a word of prayer. Father, we are grateful that you've given us this time, and I pray, Lord, that each person that's listening to this uh, would uh, hear your voice in a nudge um, in the direction of which circle, all circles that we need to focus on, and may we each take the next step toward becoming all that you intended us to be. We love you, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.